855-425-3221. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Okay, we got a lot on the docket, including my favorite, my favorite uh, topic, which is uh, Tom Fishburne. <laughs> Okay, and he says, but wait, there's more. All of these choices now come in pumpkin spice. I'm surprised it isn't cranberry. <laughs> it's like cranberries in everything. But anyway, aisle four, headache relief, and it's got extra strength, tablet, liquid, gel, powder, uh, extra strength, maximum, super strength, extra strength, ultra strength, crazy strength. And uh, Tom, uh, Tom says, from, date, from data plans to toothpaste to headache medicine, most categories operate as if more choice is better than less choice. But if you're actually a shopper with a headache in a headache medicine aisle, the only thing you care about is making your headache get better. Um, Scott Galloway put it recently, uh, echoing Barry Schwartz in 2004, the paradox of choice. And I wanted to point back, to Alvin Toffler in 1970 with Future Shock. Future Shock, I read, I think, in high school, and it basically said, we're going to get really good at making products. We're going to get really good at varieties. We're going to get really good at personalization. I'm not sure that's happened yet. And, in fact, next article will be really, or a couple down. And uh, But, nevertheless, um, one of the biggest mistakes we make as marketers is that we assume choice is a good thing. Choice isn't a good thing. It's a tax. We don't want more choice. What we want is fewer choices, but we want to be more confident in the choices presented. That's what brands do for you, you know? I mean, how many different kinds of fleeces or turtlenecks have I tried or could I buy? But Land's End hold up, so I buy Land's End. Land's End simplifies my life, not by giving me... More choice, but giving me fewer choices. Makes sense? Okay, companies ranging from Coca-Cola to Mondelez to McDonald's to Mattel are starting to use the pandemic as a time to rationalize their product lines. Some of these efforts began as an attempt to reduce supply chain complexity. But this... I don't have a... Oh, these... But this... See, that works. Yeah. But this has the potential to lead to a more curated product experience. In the constant drumbeat of new line extensions, sometimes the best innovation is to offer less. Okay. And here's some madness stuff. And here's some more madness. Our mantra is simplicity and focus, but you need 17 different types of dongles to get Apple products to work with each other. Um the point I want to make here, though, is that when if you have one brand, Coke discovered this. You know, they came out with with new Coke, and people said we like the old Coke, and so then they came back with Coke Classic, and then Diet Coke and Coke Zero. What Coke did find was that grocery stores had to knock little brands like Groff's or squirt or those kinds of things off the shelf to make room for all the varieties of Coke and Pepsi. And so by line extension, they dominated the grocery shelf. So there's a plus there. And the point is, it's not simple, right? There is supply chain issues, although when you think about Coke marketing 
what, maybe there's 10, I don't know, Cherry Coke, uh, Rum and Coke. No, they don't market that. Uh, you know, but it, it really isn't a lot. You know, a, a friend of mine worked at Miller, and uh, they put in SAP, and SAP said, well, we need randomly generated customer or product numbers. And they said, why can't we keep the old product numbers? We only have, like, three products, Miller Lite, Miller uh, High Life, Miller, and that's about it in, in bottles, cans, kegs. You know, we have, like, a matrix of 24 part numbers. Why don't we just keep those? Everybody knows what they are. No, no, that's old school. you got to have randomly generated new part numbers. Anyway, it, it wasted tens of millions of dollars, SAP did. I have that in inside information. But it's an example of, uh, of overly making things overly complex, and I think it's right. Now, on the other hand, here, here's Unicorn Gummies. They came out with a new set of flavors. And Bazooka and Tic Tac both came out with new sets of flavors. They also, Tic Tac also repositioned themselves. Let's go over that over there for a second. layers of flavor for that refreshing and delicious taste. Refreshing moments are just a tic-tac away. Okay, so they reposition themselves as a relief respite from the coronavirus boredom. Okay, Bazooka doubles down on its presence in the gummy, oops, got to switch back, in the gummy category with the launch of the totally awesome brand strawberry, raspberry, grape, and watermelon. They, when they tested, marketed these, the, the, flew off the shelves now you got to be careful in that too because if you remember pringles when they launched uh everybody wanted to try them and um you know not everybody liked them that great and so they built more factories and expanded it all over the place and what they found out was that people just wanted to try new they didn't really like them and uh but you know over the over time the brand has grown um uh the iconic brand Tic Tac also makes a, uh, a line of gummies, and its four-flavored Fruit Adventure recently became Tic Tac's bestseller. So now they're offering Big Berry Adventure, a mashup of raspberry and blueberry. Sounds great to me. Uh, they're seeing more demand in fruity flavors. So some of it may be keeping a, a, an ear to the, to the marketing ground, and some of it may be trying new stuff, and some of it may be, uh, these are featured as you walk out, uh, you know, in the cash register aisle at Walmart, um, all of those things are positive. You gotta, you just, you gotta be careful. Okay. So here, free samples are coming to online shopping, and uh, I talked about this company now that's that's connecting sampling and decision making with a QR code interface that takes you right to the page of the merchant that sent you the free sample. Um, and it's coming in the mail, and it's called Brand Share, and it and if you click on items, and I, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna go to Walmart.com. I, I, you may have to be a member. I don't know how they'd know where I live, but I'll give it a try. Maybe I'll join it. Not the not the premium thing, but try ordering from Walmart and see if they send me stuff in the mail. But it's another great example of how mail can pierce the digital virtual 
reality and engage customers or prospects with new product. And an excellent idea, I've done this for years, we've always tried to, uh, one of the biggest breakthroughs we ever did was uh, a sampler for um, Daniel Smith artistic paints. Now in that case, they were going to send them out free and I said, no, let's do a, let's just do a red, yellow, blue, you know, the primary colors. Let's do the primary colors and make the price ridiculous. So for th for 9.95, I think we we re designed packaging and included three tubes of paint. You know, because I basically said, okay, how many tubes of paint do you make in one product run? Because I watched them cleaning these presses of the, of the uh, one color paint to go to another. I think it's about 90% of the work is cleaning the presses between colors. I said, so what happens to the cost if instead of making a thousand tubes of a color, you make 20,000, right? And they said, oh, the price drops to, you know, just about zero. I said, okay, so let's work with that and then let's get a packaging uh, and we chose a tube, a male tube, that we can have already done with the primary colors and slap a label on it. And the irony of it all was because of the efficiency of that of that promotion, uh, we actually made more margin on that 999 sample. Now I would have kept it the primary colors, but they and use it as an acquisition customer acquisition, but they chose to have a sample of the month club or something. And people thought they were getting this incredible steal, and they would buy every month. They would buy a new set of the samples, but they had but they had enough production because of that of those three colors for a month that everybody won. It was an amazing way to to do some mass manufacturing of a very spe specialized, um, you know, highly niche market. And so, you know, sampling can work a lot of different ways. Always fun to think about it. <clears throat> Wall Street bullish on ad rebound. Look at this. September, kaboom, up 71% ad, ad uh, improvement. Okay, so that's, you know, we had a lot of improvement here. In July, it was up 42%, and in August, 38%. And on top of those improvements, it went up 71%. So there's some good argument of the V. Okay, I have another article on Q, but... You know, I think we've gone long enough today. So like and share. Your friends will think you're smart. I'm John Miglosh. Subscribe down to WDMA. We're going to be talking about why marketing, why direct marketing is hated and feared later in the month. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Let's see. we got to keep going a little bit. I'll smile. <laughs>